1: Right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Where welcome to NBA Christmas Offseason Edition. It's the most masgavious time of the year: NBA free agency. So we're about five minutes away from the start of the 2021 NBA free agency period. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm going to try something a bit different today. I'm going to do the podcast equivalent of live tweeting my initial reactions, my instant reactions to every NBA free agency tweet that comes out from Woj, Shams, even Aryeh Abraham. Count on Aryeh. Shout out to that guy. Um, But yeah, this is going to be a bit of an experiment. It's not going to be your normal podcast episode. I will have a reactionary free agency episode, though, with my good friend Andy, who you've heard on this podcast several times uh, later tonight. That episode should come out Tuesday morning but for now strap in buckle up we are about five minutes away from 3 p.m pacific time the start of free agency and I'm gonna walk you through my every reaction to every single tweet that comes in I'm not sure how long I'm gonna do this for maybe I'll do this for the first two hours of free agency and intermittently press record Stop record and I'll obviously edit out any white space where I'm not talking and I'm just scrolling. But otherwise, yeah, give me some feedback on how this goes. Uh, again, it's an experiment, and maybe you can live cathartically through my very visceral, raw, instant reactions to stuff. So uh let's see what happens. Alright, we are officially out here. The start of NBA Free Agency has commenced. It is officially three o'clock Pacific time. All right, Lonzo Ball has agreed to a four-year, $85 million deal with the Chicago Bulls. Good for Lonzo, man. Um, He's going to have a lot of fun playing in Chicago along with Zach Levine. That tandem and that duo are going to be exciting and electric for sure. Can't wait to see Lonzo throw some lobs to Zach. And also, fun that uh, David Griffin just lost him for nothing. And that's another asset from the Anthony Davis trade, the treasure trove that they got, where they lose value, so... Uh, Here we go, let's see what else happens. Also, as tweets come in, I will probably be reading you Tommy's tweets. We currently have a chat open, so maybe that'll be entertaining to you guys. Again, I apologize if this ends up being super boring and is a flop overall, but I'm just trying things out, we'll see how this goes. Uh, The Lonzo Ball deal to the Chicago Bulls is a sign-and-trade agreement, so maybe David Griffin does get some assets back, we'll see what that is. Sham Sharanya just tweeted out that Mike Conley has agreed to a three-year $68 million deal to return to the Utah Jazz. Pretty fair deal for him. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going back to the Mavericks. Uh, Will Barton is going to the Denver Nuggets on a two-year $32 million deal worth about $16 million per year. Pretty much status quo so far from what we're seeing outside of the Lonzo Ball deal, which is not that much of a shocker. Um, given all of the precursor talkings leading up to free agency. um, Who do I feel like is going to be the first Lakers signing? I'm hoping it's Dwight Howard, and I'm hoping he tweets something similar to what he did uh, last year, where he, he talked about purple and gold never being old. So I am very much anticipating that to happen soon. Right now, what we're hearing from the Lakers end is that Dwight Howard and Rudy Gay are heavily leaning towards joining the Lakers, so I wouldn't be surprised if those are the first two signings that happen. It seems like the Dwight Howard signing is pretty much just a formality at this point. We just need to see the official tweet from either Woj or Shams, and also the tweet from Dwight Howard again. Uh, that would be very poetic. Alright, so it looks like Garrett Temple has signed a three-year deal with the New Orleans Pelicans, with the first two years guaranteed at $5 million per That seems like a very cheap deal for Garrett Temple, who I believe is a very useful wing and someone that I feel like could help the Lakers. The fact that New Orleans is only getting him for five million dollars guaranteed over the first two years is kind of insane. I I mean, I guess good for them. Um, My drink of the day currently as we wait for free agency to continue unfolding is a uh, strawberry matcha milk tea latte from it's boba time so shout out to it's boba time the unofficial sponsor for today's nba free agency i do wonder what the new orleans pelicans are gonna get in return for lonzo ball if it's a sign-in trade i'm guessing they'll get thaddeus young could they potentially get larry markanin i guess that would help spacing wise uh help zion williamson spacing wise um yeah it'll be interesting to see what the official details of that deal are Looks like one of my mini MLE targets, or one of my options that I had outlined for the Lakers, Daniel Tice is working on completing a multi-year deal with the Rockets. So there goes Daniel Tice. That's interesting. The, The Rockets are rebuilding. I'm not sure what they do with Daniel Tice, but good for them. Also, I apologize in advance if this podcast episode sounds choppy, and I'm jumping from one topic to the next, that's honestly, again, this is the podcast equivalent of a Twitter timeline, except I'm just spewing out my stream of consciousness thoughts as these tweets come in. So I may jump from topic to topic and, you know, talk about a deal here and there. So yeah, bear with me. All right, here we go. So here are the details of the Chicago Bulls deal with uh, Alonzo Ball. It looks like the New Orleans Pelicans are going to get... Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second round pick. So what the heck was that? Garrett Temple? Okay, that's where the Garrett Temple uh, signing came from. He's part of this deal. Uh, That's not a lot to write home about in return for Lonzo Ball, but I guess David Griffin got something back, so good for him. But now anytime you see Lonzo Ball's name in recapping the Anthony Davis trade, remember to replace him with Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second round pick. Oh, here's a tweet from Woj: Free agent center Nerlens Noel is returning to the Knicks on a three-year, $32 million contract. He obviously was one of Tommy and I's, you know, top two free agents that I've, we felt that the Lakers should go after, but it seems like he's going to return to the Knicks on a much more, on a deal that's more con- commensurate with his value that he brings onto the court. So good for Nerlens. That's essentially the uh, full mid-level exception. I'm not sure if that's what the Knicks used, but it's around $10 million per year. Yeesh, Jared Allen just re-signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers for uh, $100 million over five years. Uh, Good for him. All right, you know what? I think I'm going to limit this to uh, Lakers-specific tweets uh, in about a second here. I'm not going to literally tweet out everything that I hear from the NBA. Uh, Just the ones that uh, sort of stick out in my mind and cause a stir and just as i say that kelly Olynyk has agreed to a three-year 37 million dollar deal with the detroit pistons that's about 12 million dollars a year i only bring kelly Olynyk's name up because he was in my top three for the full mle obviously the lakers don't have the full mle to use and like i anticipated he was going to get more than that and he did 12 million dollars a year about because he absolutely balled out for the houston rockets but Obviously, a guy with Kelly Olenek's skill set being able to space the floor and almost do a Marc Gasol imitation sort of deal would have helped the Lakers. But again, he was going to get priced out. And of course, he goes to the Detroit Pistons, who love signing centers in the offseason. Now we're just waiting for the first Lakers deal to happen. I wonder what's going on in Rob's head and how many Rubik's Cubes he's juggling at the moment for no... Uh, deal to come out yet. And, you know, it it may be one of those situations where uh, we have our sights set on a particular player until that domino falls, specifically the mini MLE, whoever we've targeted for the mini MLE guy, that's going to determine who we sign on the edges with the vet min. Although I feel like a guy like Dwight Howard you can just sign irregardless of what happens anywhere else because you could always use a big bruiser like Dwight who's familiar with the Lakers organization so I'm a little surprised that that deal hasn't been announced yet but we'll see. Also important to note that the Lakers may be working out some sign and trade options first as well so that's maybe why we're not hearing a flurry of Lakers signings on the outset. But yeah, I guess that's important to keep in mind and a far cry away from 1201 F.A. Mozgov and Luau Dang signings. Ooh, so we just got a tweet that Cameron Payne is going to re-sign with the Suns on a three-year $19 million deal. That's just only $6 million. That's pretty much the mini-mid level. I'm actually surprised he didn't get more. If the Lakers hadn't gotten Westbrook, if they could have given him that amount, uh, that would have been a great pairing. But obviously we have Westbrook now. I think we're looking to use that mini mid-level on a wing. Uh, Someone who can shoot, but that remains to be seen. But yeah, surprising bargain deal for Cameron Payne, who I thought was going to get at least the full mid-level. But hey, still good for him, considering he was playing in China just a couple years ago. I will add, though, that Cameron Payne's signing may be a little bit insightful with regards to... What these point guards thought they were getting on the market and what they actually will get in reality. So, I'm talking about Dennis Schroeder, Uh, given that I thought Campaign was going to be someone who was going to get in the 10 to 15 million range, and he's over here re signing for just 6 mil a year. Guys like Reggie Jackson may only get the mini MLE or standard MLE now, which. Begs the question again, what the heck was Dennis Schroeder thinking turning down that $84 million contract, and what is he going to get now? At this point, he may only get a $12 to $15 million contract. I guess I wouldn't be mad if we just re-signed Dennis to $12 million and had him come off the bench, a la his time in Oklahoma City, when I believe he overlapped with Westbrook for about a year. Um, But we'll see. It's just very clear that... Schroeder and his agent overestimated their market and kind of played themselves because they are not going to get the bag that they were anticipating heading into the offseason, especially if guys like Campaign and Reggie Jackson, who I believe teams are vying for even before Dennis Schroeder, if those guys are just getting around 6 to $10 million. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Schroeder gets and if he's signed and traded or if the Lakers get a TPE for him. Uh, but yeah, stand by. And just as we talk about the campaign deal, TJ McConnell has agreed to a four-year, thirty-five million dollar deal to stay with the Pacers. That is about nine million dollars per year. I guess it's a little bit surprising that McConnell's making going to get more than campaign, considering Cam's showing in the playoffs. But that I guess that makes sense, especially if the Pacers he's more valuable to the Pacers than any other team, and they're just looking to retain him. So. Maybe McConnell is a good gauge for what Alex Caruso will inevitably get and what the Lakers will potentially inevitably match. And I know the topic around Lakers Nation today has been a lot of panic on whether the Lakers may actually let Caruso go. Right now, we're not sure. I just know that it's going to cost the Lakers almost $40 million in luxury tax if they do bring Caruso back for around $10 million. I know that's a lot of money, and I know the Lakers are a franchise that's used to paying the luxury tax, but given we've just come out of a pandemic year, and there are a lot of things to consider, not only just this year, but the long-term plans of the Lakers moving forward with regards to... Next year's offseason or the summer of twenty twenty three. You know, if we have a guy if we have a guy like Alex Caruso who's making ten million dollars a year, and if it so happens that he's sort of pinched out of the rotation, regardless of how amazing he is on defense, and we know all of his intangibles and what he means to the team, but who knows? The the this current iteration of the Lakers with Russell Westbrook could look entirely different to the point where a guy like Alex Caruso and his previous role on the Lakers championship team may be squeezed a bit. So what happens if you're now paying a guy who used to make only $2 million, if you're now paying him $10 million and he's only playing about 10 to 15 minutes off the bench, and you're trying to make moves in the summer? I think that's something that Lakers fans and the front office has to consider. Having said that, I think even just keeping Alex Caruso on as a trade asset would behoove the Lakers and be beneficial. Because Alex Caruso at $10 million, I think is still a very attractive asset to other teams. And on top of that, with Kyle Kuzma and KCP now gone, the Lakers just need salary ballast. Any sort of salary ballast they can get if they want to make additional trade moves in the future. Because right now, they don't have any, outside of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, right? Presumably, if they bring THT back, they have... $10 $10 million right there, but in order to get a good player, you know, most of those players make around 15 to $25 million, so the Lakers, one way or another, are going to need salary ballast, so keeping Alex Caruso at $10 million, even if he ends up getting squeezed out of the rotation a little bit and is only playing 10 to 15 minutes... You could eventually package him in a deal with THT, where THT is the central part of the package, and at the very least have $20 million outgoing. So I think that's something to keep in mind with regards to also looking at the trade asset angle of things when it comes to re-signing Alex Caruso. So I think right now, you know, I, I can understand why the, the Lakers would let Alex Caruso go if he ends up being too rich for them past $10 million. I still would prefer that they actually match anything if it hits that $10 million cap. Um, But we'll see. Also, having said that, not to piss off any Lakers fans or Caruso stands, but I actually think that TJ McConnell is better, slightly better than Alex Caruso. So the fact that he made $10 million initially before any rumors had come out and initially before this free agency had come out, I had personally slated Alex Caruso's value at about... You know, five to seven million dollars and i still think that's where it stands but i guess the premium is going to stand on the lakers just retaining a fan favorite and someone who is so instrumental to their championship run so yeah we'll see inevitably you know caruso and mcconnell are about on par with each other even though i think mcconnell is slightly higher i think that's why if caruso gets a 12 million dollar offer the lakers may inevitably balk at that but we'll see So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. So do you guys remember that one time I told you about that one white stray hair I had down there that almost made me pull a hip muscle after I pulled it? No? Well, there you go. And also, that's the last time you'll ever hear about any such hairy situation for me again. Because ever since I started using Manscaped, The white stray hair snipping process for me has been much smoother than ever. So are you ready for an out of world experience fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Abort Harry Balls and Buzz Lightyear that woody with Manscaped. Man, did I write this? I don't know. Anyways, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your Spaceballs will thank you. All right, now we're seeing a slew of deals come through. We got Chris Paul returning to the Suns for about $30 million a year. Four years, $120 million. He's going to be 40 years old making $30 plus million. But hey, leadership is undefeated. Good for the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul. Uh, we got Duncan Robinson making nearly $9 million. $9 million. $90 million. Apparently the highest plate for an undrafted player. Good for him. Ooh, and then we got Dougie McBuckets going to the San Antonio Spurs on a three-year $42 million deal, about $14 million per year. So good for the two shooters in Dougie McBuckets and Duncan Robinson. All right, so we're about an hour and a half into NBA free agency. No official Lakers signings have taken place. The only real tidbit of news that I've gotten on my timeline is the fact that the Lakers are looking to maybe bring Avery Bradley back. And Chris Haynes also reported that the Lakers are trying to bring the band back together, quote-unquote, and that means looking at Dwight Howard, even a guy like Danny Green, and trying to cull up that continuity and magical chemistry that they had in year one of their championship run. And on that end, I would not be mad at that sort of strategy and approach either. I think the one thing that I was most worried about, bringing such a huge piece like Russell Westbrook, who you'd have to sort of tailor your offense around and your entire scheme around. The one thing that I was most worried about was how the Lakers would work in their chemistry. Not in terms of their off-court chemistry. I think that'll be just fine since Russ and Anthony Davis and LeBron James are all buddies. But in terms of their on-court chemistry, how is that all going to work? Because it's very rare that on your first year of making a super team... All of these all of these super teams that form, it usually takes them at least a year to finally win their championship. The Lakers and the 8 Celtics are probably the exception to the rule. Uh, the Lakers obviously won their first year that they traded for Anthony Davis and totally revamped their entire roster. I don't think... I'm not counting on that to happen again now that they bring Russell Westbrook back. Although, obviously, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have continuity, so that's the most important thing to factor in here. But it would help to... Call up as much continuity as you can, even if that's trying to retread back to your championship year one uh, year and bring guys who at least know each other and know each other's tendencies on the practice floor and on the court like Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley and Danny Green. So I would very much welcome Avery Bradley back to this team, although it may hint at the Lakers maybe moving on from Alex Caruso at this point, since they would presumably sort of be playing the same role as this off-ball guard off the bench. So, we will have to continue waiting and seeing in that respect. Oh, here we go. The first signing for the Lakers. It is officially 4.39 p.m. Free agent forward Trevor Ariza has agreed to a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. I am guessing this is for the vet minimum. When I said the Lakers were looking to bring the band back together, I didn't think they were looking to bring that band back together in terms of the 2009-2010 Lakers. But hey, Trevor Ariza provides veteran leadership. He did play the he did play for the Miami Heat last year. Uh, he is getting up in age at this point. I think he's mid 30s. I'm honestly not sure what Trevor Ariza has left in the tank. He's 36 years old. At the very least, he gives us a wing player that slots into that Cal Kuzma role. If I had to guess, we're going to use our mini MLE on a younger, more premier wing. But hey, welcome back to Trevor Ariza wearing the purple and gold once again. And he could close his career out winning another championship with the Lakers. And that would be so poetic and full circle for him. Glad to have him back. But honestly, this is... uh, Yeah, this is the Lakers version of the Expendables. We're getting fairly geriatric here. But you know what? The Lakers needed length, and they needed some three-point shooting uh, in spite of how old he is. Uh, Trevor Ariza still shot 35% from three last year with uh, the Miami Heat in 30 games, 1.7 a game. Uh, With Portland the year before that, he did shoot 40% from three, knocking down 1.6. And... Actually, his his stats with Portland are pretty decent. 11 points, 4.8 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, still steals the hell out of the ball. He averaged 1.6 steals with Portland. Granted, this is just in 21, 21 games. Uh, with the Heat in 30 games last year, he did still average 1 steal a game and did play 28 minutes. So, hopefully Ariza still has something left in the tank. And if I'm not mistaken, last year... Ariza was pretty rejuvenated because he didn't play for half the year. I think he got traded to Miami midseason from the Sacramento Kings. So hopefully having that much time off helps his body and he'll be able to contribute readily for the Lakers next year. But I'm guessing his role is more to be that backup wing guy off the bench for about 15 minutes or so to just provide some length. And that's something that Ariza, Ariza can still do with his lanky arms, just, just harass people on defense. Uh, his stats with Sacramento are pretty ugly. Um, the 32 games he played with Sacramento during the 2019-20 season, he only shot t- 38% from the field and 35% from three. But again, still um, swiped the ball 1.1 times. Or still still averaged 1.1 steals. And here we go. The Lakers news is uh, coming in fast. We now have agreed to a one-year deal with Wayne Ellington Jr. And this is the the deal that I like. I mean, talk about bringing the band back together. The Lakers are bringing back former Lakers. Wayne Ellington was never part of a winning team. But you know what? Last year, Wayne Ellington shot career numbers from the three-point arc. or, Or near career numbers. And in fact... Uh, I'm an avid fantasy basketball player, and Wayne Ellington was on uh, one of my friend's opposing teams. And during an eight-game stretch, a two-week stretch for Wayne Ellington, he was absolutely scorching the nets. He So yeah, over a two-week eight-game stretch in January last year, Wayne Ellington shot 40 of 67 from three. That's 59.7% from three. Overall on the year, he still did great as well. He shot 42% from three on the year, knocking down 2.5 a game. But that stretch in particular where he shot 40 of 67 from three was particularly glorious. Uh, Hitting 40 threes in eight games is ridiculous. Uh, That's almost like five threes a game, essentially. No, that is exactly five threes a game. Um, So welcome back, Wayne Ellington. He provides that much-needed shooting and spacing Uh, that we were lacking in lieu of shipping KCP out and even Kyle Kuzma say what you will about say what you will about Kuzma's inconsistent shooting but the dude still knocked down two threes a game and had that sort of gravity from the perimeter and shot 36% from the field and shot 36% from three as well so Wayne Ellington much needed spacing help for the Lakers Uh, welcome back Wayne Ellington this year is going to turn 34, 35. So I still would like the Lakers to get to bring in some youth. But as far as, you know, shoring up the shooting is concerned, uh, great job by the Lakers bringing in two guys who can shoot and also adequately defend. So uh, Trevor Riza and Wayne Ellington, welcome back to the Lakers. Oh, and here we go. The news that we have been waiting for since it was rumored that he was willing to return over the weekend. Dwight Howard has agreed to return to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Did he tweet something out? Please tweet out a new tweet talking about how the purple and gold never gets old, Dwight. Come on, you got to do it. And don't delete it this time. Uh, But yes, happy days are back again. Now this is going to be fun. Part three with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard reversed the curse from the... Now this is going to be fun years. Returning to the Lakers in 2019-20. Winning a championship. Hitting the last bucket of the Lakers' championship run with that three-pointer. And things just didn't work out because of miscommunication last year, but I'm so glad that he's back. He was much missed. I know Anthony Davis missed him a lot last year, just being that extra big man buffer for him, taking those body blows. And now we have an enforcer once again. Look, I know he was annoying to Sixers fans, and Sixers fans thought he was sort of a bonehead out on the court, but he filled everything the Lakers needed to fill and do as a role-player garbage man type when he was on the team and even if they start him at the center position next to anthony davis well let me let me backtrack a little bit the spacing is going to be horrendous if they start dwight howard but let's say worst case scenario they do start him man that's a hell of a lot better than what they were doing starting Javale mcgee for five to six minutes every first quarter where it seemed like we were just giving up points because dwight howard all in all, was just so sound defensively and also just scared the hell out of people in the paint. So glad to have that enforcing big back. And also the biggest thing with Dwight Howard is, even still at 36, he he is still an athletic beast. And that's something that we were missing. And all of a sudden, we're reversing course from last year where we were a little less athletic. We didn't have as many lob threats. But now we got Russell Westbrook. Now we got Dwight Howard. Yes, are they on the tail end of their careers, very much so, but they just so happen to be from this LeBron mold of player where their bodies and their physiques are just almost godly, you know? So glad to have Dwight Howard back and have that aerial attack back. So Dwight Howard, welcome back a second time and hope we can win another championship. So very excited about that. All right, so while we currently wait for more Lakers news to drop, as it stands at 5 p.m. Pacific time, the Lakers have Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Marc Gasol, and Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, and Dwight Howard. That's seven players, including the Lakers' two-way guys, Joel Ayayi and Austin Reeves. It's now being rumored that... The Lakers are pursuing Patty Mills. I'd imagine this would be for the mini MLE. Look, I love Patty Mills. I think he provides that much-needed shooting that the Lakers need again, except he adds some ball-handling skills to that as well. He's pretty much the souped-up version of Quinn Cook, the guy that we thought we were getting with Quinn Cook. He's almost like Lakers fans know from the three-peat days in the early 2000s. He's like he would be our Bobby Jackson, except the pure shooting three-point specialist version of Bobby Jackson. Uh, So I wouldn't mind Patty Mills at all, but at the same time, I'd hope that we'd use that mini-MLE first and prioritize a guy like Otto Porter Jr. Because I don't want Trevor Ariza starting. I don't think we signed him to start. But we still need to fill that wing spot, especially if LeBron James is going to play the four and Anthony Davis is going to play the five as they previously discussed before bringing Westbrook in. But so far with signing Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard and Trevor Ariza, if anybody saw the list that I put out over the weekend of one of my quote unquote ideal Lakers free agent scenarios, I actually had us signing Wayne Ellington and he would presumably start for us at the shooting guard spot. And I had a signing Ariza as well as bringing Dwight back. So, so far, I've hit on those three Lakers players. Um, It's looking less and less likely that Otto Porter will sign with us. But if we do get Rudy Gay on the minimum, that could be a good replacement or good insurance policy. And it does seem like, from everything that we've heard, Rudy Gay is leaning towards the Lakers. So maybe he would actually start uh, for us over Trevor Ariza. We'll see. Also, I apologize for saying we'll see like a billion times. I'm, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm continually recording, stopping record, hitting record again when I think something's about to break. So yeah, just bear with the choppiness of this episode. Again, I have no idea how entertaining this is to listen to. I'm just trying this out for the first time and hopefully my instant reactions and excitement to these veteran minimum signings of former Lakers players uh, is at least somewhat amusing to you guys. Okay, well, uh, hold on to your hats, everybody, because uh, Alex Caruso is uh, no longer a Laker. He has decided to sign a four-year deal worth $37 million with the Chicago Bulls to reunite with Lonzo Ball. That's about $9 million per year. If you guys... Listen to my previous thoughts in this very podcast. You would know that I'm a bit neutral on it. Obviously, I hate losing Alex Caruso for nothing, especially losing him, not even retaining him as an asset. I do wonder if this just boils down to the Lakers not wanting to pay an exorbitant luxury tax or what their plans could be with Schroeder because as I record this portion of the podcast in reaction to to Alex Caruso leaving... Schroeder's market is shrinking by the second. The New York Knicks just signed Derrick Rose, and his options are pretty much limited to San, the San Antonio Spurs and Oklahoma City with regards to teams that have cap space. So at this point, I'm wondering if the Lakers just re sign Schroeder to a, a deal that's worth you know $10 to $12 million or whatever, and we keep him either as a six-man off the bench or as an asset, especially if we're letting Caruso go, who... At least for me personally, I view Caruso more highly, even as a trade asset, than I do Dennis Schroeder. So it's a it's a bit it's a bit perplexing that we didn't just match that offer for Caruso, even just to keep him as a trade asset, because again, I think you can aggregate his salary into a bigger deal with THT down the line if you need to, for a potential star. And, you know, we unfortunately just let Caruso walk for nothing we passed on Alex Caruso essentially and you know the the reality of that is just slowly sinking in again I was sort of prepared for this and I I I understand Lakers fans ire and I guess disdain for the franchise not paying up for Caruso and not wanting to spend that luxury tax but again I think maybe they're looking more Longer term down the line, in terms of how this, how signing Caruso to this sort of deal could impede them in future off seasons, I'm not sure if that's exactly where it is, or if it literally just boils down to we don't want to pay 40 million dollars extra in luxury tax because we sign Alex Caruso to this 9 million dollar deal. I will say now that Caruso is gone, this does open the door to Avery Bradley coming back, and I think that would be. An adequate enough replacement, obviously you can't replace Alex Caruso's size and hustle and grit and just all the crazy, insane defensive metrics that he holds just by himself on every unit that he's with with LeBron James. None of, those, none of that can be replaced. But obviously, again, the Lakers are sort of reeling with regards to trying to shore up their defense without Caruso because Caruso was the perfect system player in Frank Vogel's defense So when you lose a hustle guy like that, who is very smart and intuitive, what do you do? And I guess on a a more intangible, emotional narrative perspective, you know, losing Caruso sucks because outside of THT, there's really no remnant from the pre-LeBron era. You know, Caruso was the last pillar from the young core era. And LeBron is now officially the longest-tenured Laker. So from that sense, it's sad. But you know what? Uh, Congratulations to Alex Caruso for getting paid. I mean, $37 million for a guy that, you know, wasn't even drafted and came from the G League. Uh, What an incredible story and journey for Alex Caruso. And it's only just continuing. I'm glad he gets to play with Lonzo Ball, honestly. Uh, Those two sort of parallel each other in terms of their skill set. Yeah, thank you, Alex Caruso, for your services. Thank you for helping us win a championship. You will forever be a Lakers champion, that's for sure, and a Lakers fan favorite. So uh, we wish Alex Caruso well. And yeah, so now our sights turn to what the Lakers are going to do with Dennis Schroeder, what Dennis Schroeder is going to do. Are we going to sign Avery Bradley? You know, I put out a list of guys that I thought the Lakers could look at in, in the event that Alex Caruso leaves. Uh, And I'll list them. I'll list that right now. On Twitter, I said, if the Lakers lose Caruso, some potential quote unquote replacements I'd look at who could potentially be had for the vet minimum would be guys like Austin Rivers, Avery Bradley, as I previously mentioned, Corey Joseph, who got waived by the Detroit Pistons, Denzel Valentine, uh, Garrett Temple is already off the table. He's with New Orleans now. Um, and then bottom barrel guy like Tyler Johnson, but I don't think Tyler Johnson's that good defensively. And uh, if the Lakers want to go for like a sexy galaxy brain pick to try and fill Alex Caruso's shoes, they can also maybe look at Dante Exum. Um, But yeah, that's my short list of guys that the Lakers uh, could potentially look at. So we'll see how they go about uh, filling Alex Caruso's big, big shoes. So uh, farewell to the bald mamba. Uh, We love the Carew's Goat, the Carew's Show. I know this is a huge hit uh, for many Lakers fans, but this is the reality of completely upending your roster. And at the very least, again, with guys like Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, and and Trevor Ariza, you're bringing some semblance of that Laker DNA back, even though they were from disparate times of uh, the last decade for the Purple and Gold. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers slowly cull up chemistry in this sort of mishmash, ragtag sort of fashion from different years. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest news for now as we await what happens to Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if this assuages any Lakers fans who are deep in their feelings about the loss of Alex Caruso, but. Dwight Howard, while he did not tweet out a new tweet saying the purple and gold never gets old, he did go to Instagram and post a picture of him in a Lakers jersey from the championship run saying, let's run it back with two championship trophy emojis with the hashtag, I want my parade, damn it. So that's the kind of spirit you'd want and need. And again, you have. Championship DNA going out the door with Alex Caruso, but you're bringing back championship DNA with Dwight Howard, so levels out in some senses. I will say, as we continue to wait for the next big shoe to drop uh, with regards to the Purple and Gold, the Lakers should do everything in their power to retain Wesley Matthews, because we need that defense, and... uh, yeah, I hope we get some youth infusion as well. That's one thing that I want to reiterate uh, with how geriatric this team is getting. We need to find a way to bring in some sort of youth and energy and athleticism from guys who are not 30 years old yet, which is you know, what, what Alex Caruso brought. So we'll see who the Lakers may be looking at. But first, it starts with, I think, retaining Wesley Matthews. We'll see what happens with uh, Markeith Morris. Apparently, he got an offer from the Miami Heat, but they're capped out. I'm not sure what they could possibly offer him that the Lakers can't because the Lakers have his early bird rights. Maybe they they can facilitate a sign-in trade with the Miami Heat. I don't know what we'd ask for in return, but those are the current statuses of uh, the Lakers. And yeah, with, with, with uh, Alex Caruso out, hope they bring back Wesley Matthews and also bring back a guy like an Avery Bradley, or or another defensive-minded guard in his stead. Uh, an intriguing name that's previously been linked to the Lakers, potentially, is Victor Oladipo. Presumably, he would be willing to sign with the Lakers on a one-year vet minimum contract. He'd be an interesting Caruso replacement. I don't know if we necessarily need another ball-dominant guard. And given his injury history, while Victor Oladipo has shown flashes of Being an adequate defender, I don't think he'd be able to give that much on the defensive end and sacrifice his body in that way, especially not in the way Caruso has. But he would be an intriguing option, and it's not like we haven't seen Victor Oladipo and Russell Westbrook play on the same team before. Uh, Victor Oladipo would essentially reprise his role as that six-man scoring type off the bench the way that he did when he played with Westbrook on the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple years back. So look out for Victor Oladipo's name as well. With that said, this is going to be kind of anticlimactic. We've now gone almost two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half hours into free agency. I'm going to cut it here because I am also going to record a more formal, organized, official Lakers Legacy podcast recap of everything that happened on day one with my friend Andy. That should come out tomorrow morning or midday tomorrow, so look out for that episode. But that'll do it for this quote-unquote live stream slash live pod tweeting of the NBA free agency in its first two and a half, three hours on August 2nd, uh, starting at 3 p.m. Pacific time. The time mark right now is 5.48 p.m. I hope this was mildly entertaining for you guys. I cut it up and chopped it up into a condensed version so it's more easily digestible. Uh, But yeah, let me know your guys' feedback. If you like stuff like this, maybe we'll do more instant raw reactions as news unfolds we'll do more sort of content like that i just wanted to try this out for the first time but thank you guys for listening please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod and please also rate interview us five stars on the apple podcast app Our free agency content is going to come swift and fast this week. We'll probably have several episodes out and reactions as the Lakers continue to build out their team, the hashtag bring the back band together team. I think that's what the theme is for this upcoming year. Let's just hope it's not all geriatric expendables type guys. So hoping for that youth infusion soon with their next signing and it's going to be interesting to see who their mini MLE guy is. We'll see if that guy gets signed between now and when I record with Andy later tonight. But with that said, thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you guys next time.